0: Thinkers and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to Episode 2 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen. I'm the director of 7 Positive. And I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today we're speaking with Rowan Lamont, an experienced design strategist working at Design Works Brisbane. Rowan's been working in the field since 1998 and has experience working on projects using human-centered design, tackling a range of projects from wheelchairs to sports cars. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss how design thinking can be used to create positive social impact. We'll talk about some of the projects Rowan has been involved in, with the recent one being the Queen's Baton for the 2018 Gold Coast Commonwealth Games, and more specifically, how the baton was designed to create positive impact in the community. And along the way, we'll get some special insights, tips and inspiration from Rowan that you could perhaps apply to your own projects. Rowan... Thanks very much for joining us. You're welcome, Tom. Thank you. Rowan, to kick off, could you please share a little bit about
1: your background in design? Sure. So, uh, I was one of those annoying kids who, during the woodworking studios, I'd be at the back of the room hacking into a golf ball to try and see what's inside while everyone else was making their little trinket boxes. And it's that curiosity to find out why and how and what um, that has always been something that's been a part of me. Um, I naturally uh, gravitated towards art and engineering kind of subjects and so naturally um, industrial design uh, was something that uh, really appealed to me. So I have um, I studied industrial design and um, my career kind of uh, moved towards working with manufacturers and eventually working with industrial design agencies and consultancies. And, over time um, i realized that my meetings with clients where i'll be taking in prototypes and sharing what's worked or what hasn't worked how they've broken how we've damaged a a prototype how we failed with a prototype um, evolved into conversations around strategy and around business and the implications of those learnings and findings and how they might play out with the bigger picture for our clients and that was when it really clicked um, that there's a value in the design process and a value in what we now kind of terming design thinking. And uh, that's where I'm at now. I've been in this, this kind of field and this role for about the last 10 to 15 years and um, helping clients, helping um, people to creatively resolve problems.
0: Mm. So you talk about design thinking. For those <laughs> unfamiliar with design thinking or design strategy, design-led innovation, all these sort of buzzwords. Could you please explain what this is and how it can be used?
1: So um, to bring design thinking down into a nutshell, I like to talk about design thinking as applying the principles of a design as a way to positively resolve a problem. So these are the techniques and the the principles that naturally designers use, um, but applying them in a way to tease apart and resolve problems uh, with a positive outcome, so it's very uh, forward-looking um, and it's very uh, optimistic. Um, it, you know, It's fun. Um, so the I think traditionally, uh, yeah, bearing in mind I'm coming at this from a product and from a physical product in mm-hmm. hardware. If you drop it, you'll you'll hear it. Yeah. Um, I'm coming at this from a product um, uh, approach. Is that traditionally products were designed and manufactured. Um, with a, an assumption that they're going to work well in the markets. And it was up to the marketing team to then target those okay. to the customers. Yeah. And design thinking has flipped that around, has flipped that approach around, where design thinking now thinks about who that end user is, who the customer is, and then starts to understand uh, and empathise with their world And then how we can meet some of the challenges and creatively resolve some of the issues that they are experiencing, Mm. resulting in a product that's really going to resonate. So it's kind of taking that traditional approach of product development and flips it around and coming at it from a a user-centric, hence the human-centered aspects of design. Mm. So that's that's how I've kind of approached it. Uh, you know, with with design and with being a designer comes huge responsibility. You know, when you consider that everything that we interact with has been designed, yeah. all of a sudden you start to go, oh jeepers, this, you know, my design decisions have ramifications. Um, and uh, by using a design thinking approach, uh, you consider the impact um, that your design decisions have on the people uh, that it's going, to be, it's going to interact with. Um, and ultimately you're looking for meaningful outcomes. So yeah, that's what I mean by inherently optimistic. It's a mm. forward looking. It's uh, it's. Um, you know, I talk about it with a smile on my face. Yeah, but, uh, I fun. can see you from to here at the yeah. moment. Uh, yeah, it's a it's, uh, it's a really exciting space to be in. Excellent. So when you work as a design
0: strategist, and from the projects that you've worked on recently, which ones do you believe have created that positive social or environmental outcomes? And what are some of the challenges that you typically experience during that? research design delivery phase of the project
1: um, so what attracted me to industrial design um, apart from the inquisitive you know, why's and how's yeah. was also the variety uh, that it exposed me to uh, so I've worked on, on wheelchairs uh, and access for mobility um, and medical products where the outcomes are, are very meaningful and you can mm. see the impact of those and the, you know, design thinking falls into that very nicely uh, Some of the, some of the projects and clients I've worked with haven't lent itself to that traditionally. Um, I'm thinking of things like uh, FMCG or fast moving consumer goods yeah. uh, and packaging, which yeah. has a um, which has negative connotations to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but by taking this responsibility that comes with being a designer and the ethics um, and the, the, the further understanding of that, uh, there's ways that you can influence clients, the ways that you can guide clients to positive outcomes, uh, and there's ways that you can um, assist through the design process uh, to have the best possible outcomes. So packaging can be designed in a sustainable environmental mm. way. And that's where design I think uh, has a real opportunity to make positive impact in the areas where it's difficult um, where Absolutely. traditionally you might think there's not much opportunity for innovation. I think having those constraints actually allows you to innovate a lot. Yeah. Um, and so um, that's where uh, I think there's there's great gains. Um, Again, it comes back to people moving away from this traditional uh, approach of, of having an assumption or having an idea. You know, sometimes it's ego-driven mm. to okay, launching that into the market and bring it around to um, uh, thinking about the user. So In terms of challenges through that process, uh, there's challenges of convincing people to move away from their preconceived ideas. Uh, there's challenges mm. of... Um, of uh, convincing clients or convincing teams to open up to new opportunities yeah, and to expand yeah. their horizons yeah. um, and be allowed to be challenged. Um, the other thing that design thinking does is it's not just outcome driven. The design thinking process, the process of moving through the stages of design is also very mm. inclusive. Mm. And if you can, and one of the challenges to the design thinking process is bringing the right people into that process yep. and having the right people involved very early on. Absolutely. Uh, one of the risks with any design development is that uh, it will arrive on somebody's desk unannounced and it will come as a surprise and it's too far developed and somebody has a fit when they see it and how are we going to implement this or how are we going to make this or how are we going yeah. to deal with this and it's already too late to be too much invested into it. Mm. So one of the challenges is to bring those people into the process early on where they can feel like they're part of the process, where they can have uh, input into the process. Some ownership. And some ownership. And it also allows for the project to move along uh, in a smoother, more inclusive uh, manner, which means that the outcomes are going to be that much better for it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, uh, ultimately design thinking then becomes a process which uh, allows you to manage risk Mm. and to deal with risk and to deal with uncertainty and, and put into place ways to strategize around that before it's too late, before you launch to markets, before you've, you, know, you, you, um, you have an egg on your face. Yeah, absolutely. There's some great in- insights there.
0: And we're sitting in the meeting room here at Design Works in West End, and around us we have an array of these really uh, innovative-looking products hanging around, and uh, I know that this year in, in particular, Rowan, it's been a really busy year for you guys at Design Works. You... Um, you won the tender in late 2015 to design the Queen's Baton for the 2018 Commonwealth Games. So could you please share a little bit about how you went designing uh, the, the Queen's Baton? What is it and what were some of the key outcomes that Designworks
1: wanted to deliver upon? Okay so the Queen's Baton uh, is the invite for the Gold Coast 2018 Commonwealth Games and it is the iconic Um, item which will uh, start its journey at Buckingham Palace Mm -hmm. where Her Majesty the Queen will place her message to the Commonwealth into the baton and this baton will then travel uh, through a relay around every Commonwealth nation connecting the diversity of those countries together. Um, It's Where we're at right at the moment, it's the end of 2016, it's December, Uh, we've designed we've manufactured the baton, Mm -hmm. and in three months' time it will be at uh, Buckingham Palace and begin its relay journey. Very exciting. Um, And it'll travel for just over a year around the Commonwealth, um, and arriving back at the Gold Coast where the Commonwealth Games are being held in 2018, so it's quite a long-term Um, project it'll then her majesty the queen will then read her message which um, has been through the commonwealth to launch the games and to start um, the games themselves so it's a it's a terrifically exciting thing um talking about the project itself there's there was two aspects to it there was the physical item yep and there was also the experience Uh, that it provides and it shares it through the relay. Um, It's unique from a product design point of view in that traditionally product designers design one item that will be used by one person Mm. and multiply that. Um, In this instance we're designing one item that a third of the world's population will have some form of interaction with. And in, in that when you think about it in that those terms, it's um, it's petrifying. It's a really huge problem. No way uh, like on your <laughs> shoulders. Not at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, more than two billion people will have an experience, will have an interaction, mm. in some way this will influence. Um, so in those terms it was uh, quite a, a unique and iconic project to work on. The brief or the way that we it a brief from from Goldock who are the Commonwealth Games uh, uh, Corporation yeah uh, was around three things of ignite inspire and include mm. and they were the core themes of it uh, and it was an opportunity to reflect the varied elements of the Gold Coast uh, whether it be the indigenous heritage the environmental and sustainability the sustainable aspects of the Gold Coast uh, its spirits its vibrancy um, there's there's an element of technology that had to be included into the baton. Um, And it also had to encapsulate the people and the place and the culture Mm. um, of the baton. So we, as a design team, looked at this and um, there was a couple of aspects to it. We realised that the baton itself had to stand up to public scrutiny. Uh, When it's launched, this is going to go to global and everyone's going to have an opinion on it. In order to get to that stage, though, it had to stand up to the scrutiny of the stakeholders involved with the project, whether that be the Goldock, uh, whether that be the state governments, the mm-hmm. federal governments, um, there was going to be people that had to go through review panels, executive boards. It had to you know, eventually ended up at the Commonwealth Games Federation. There was always layers that it had to move through, yep. um, which yeah, exposed it to vulnerability. Um, so there's a public scrutiny and also a stakeholder scrutiny that we had to move this through. Yep. Um, the way that design works and the way that we as a team approached this was. Um, Right at the very beginning, we spoke to Goldock and we said, this is who we are, and this is the way that we think, and this is how we'd go about solving your problem. Uh, It's not about us. It's not about what we think is right for the Gold Coast. Who are we to tell you what the solution is? Um, We are going to go through three phases. We're going to go through an immersion phase, Mm -hmm. an ideation phase, and then a delivery phase. Mm. And before we even pick up any pens and pencils and start sketching or throwing around ideas uh, we're going to immerse ourselves on the Gold Coast and we need we'd like to truly understand um, who who the people are Mm. what is important to them what are the cultural aspects of the people uh, understand the place uh, and the different elements of the place and the significance of those Uh, and we um, set up um, working consult consultation groups with uh, indigenous um, Indigenous groups on a local, national, international level. Yeah. Uh, we met with artists. We met with uh, entrepreneurs. We met with business people. We met with um, lifeguards. We met with um, uh, a whole range of people with uh, with medical and mental mental um, uh, support facilities. Um, we met and had conversations, and learnt and listened mm. um, to all of these different aspects and different elements of the Gold Coast. Um, we went, we took our entire team down to the Gold Coast and immersed them in, in right from if you've ever been behind the Gold Coast, there's the most amazing World Heritage rainforests, yeah. Yeah. Um, and all the way down. Th- off the mountains, down into the lagoons and um, and the flat area mm. before then arriving into the built environments and ultimately the beach. Yeah. And this brought in fantastic insights and uncovered um, really surprising elements of the Gold Coast. Uh, we had fabulous experiences and people shared with us incredible stories. Mm. Uh, and it was quite overwhelming. It was it was a lot uh, deeper and a lot more moving and challenging as a design team than we'd. Had expected, but at the end of that immersion process, um, we had we were able to bring it into, uh, kind of focus it towards a narrative or a context that formed the foundation from which we were going to drive our design decisions. Yep. So this context, this narrative, this foundation formed the very basis from which we could then move into the ideation phase. And it was interesting. One of the design team. Uh, actually, commented, you know, when we, when we resolved this, okay, this is a, this is this is it for us. He said, I actually now got the confidence to start sketching. I mm-hmm. actually now got the confidence to start to come up with ideas. You know, previously, it would have just been what we thought was cool, and it's not about us; it's about the yeah. Gold Coast, yep. uh, and it's about understanding the people and the place of the Gold Coast. Uh, you know, the spirit of the, yeah. of the Gold Coast. So. Moving to the ideation phase, uh, that allowed us to creatively explore uh, and diversify ideas and then bring those back to some resolved uh, mm. concepts. And they went through a, um, a filtering process to arrive at, um, at the final um, concept itself. Mm. So, when we, when we got to that point, um, every aspect of the batter had been considered um, you know, from a product point of view, the materials that went mm. into it, why there was a screw in that spot. Um, every, um, every element of it had been considered and had a story behind it so there was a reason why it was there there was a reason why that material had been chosen there was, there was a reason why it was this shape or form and so forth and we then moved into the delivery phase um, where we actually manufactured what we'd ideated. We actually put together and manufactured Would the Would have been very thing. exciting to get to that stage. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the whole process was very exciting, mm. uh, and it opened us up to all kinds of unexpected and serendipitous things. Absolutely. Um, but the, the final... It, we've now at a point where we've launched the baton to the public, uh, and as a design team, you know, we we love it because it's of what it reflects. Um, it doesn't reflect us. We love it because it's the right thing to have made it we love it because it's the right thing to have have done Mm. Um, and having that surety in it um, is is tremendously exciting yeah i bet it is
0: so in terms of impact um, impact as you know is sometimes something that's very hard to measure and so are there any particular things that design works will be doing in order to try and measure that sort of impact you know in order to, to see that you're meeting those those um, those expectations, and um, and delivering on on that that. That that thing that that the Queen's Baton
1: does as it travels around the world. Yeah. Um, It's a really interesting time when you're talking to me, Tom, because we're in this in-between phase where the the Baton has been launched to the public Mm. uh, and the public has received it. Um, And it's um, en route to Buckingham Palace where Her Majesty will will put a message into it. Then it starts its journey. So. The initial feedback that we've had from the public has been um, positive and it's, and it's certainly captured um, imaginations and, um, and people have an opinion about it, which is good, which is mm. as we expect. Uh, I guess we would measure it in terms of going back to the Ignite, Inspiring and Include. Yep, um, Those are things that um, we will see uh, during its, its journey. Sure. Um, I guess we we're also balancing two aspects. We're, we're balancing the, the pleasure of it, mm. and we're balancing the meaning of it. And by, by pleasure, I mean the individual experience mm. um, that it presents. You yeah, know, the, the object itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as a design team, we've been you know, hands-on. We've been very close to it. And when it launched, it launched in a big auditorium. It's a big fanfare, and it was the first time we'd seen it from a distance. Mm. And how is this going to uh, relate when it's running, being you know, running through the streets? And yeah. as it comes through your town or your village or your city, how are people going to react and respond to it? What's the pleasure that's going to be had there? Yep. But there's also the meaning of it uh, and the messages that it sends um, and the stories that it shares and what it represents. Um, you know, it's one item that's going to be accessed and it's going to have impact and it's going to um, uh, have uh, an experience with two billion people. Yeah. And so the elements of um, past present and future um, the elements around uh, sustainability in the environment um, the form of this is a loop it um, yeah, represents coming together where amazing things can happen mm. um, the identity and um, you know the, the elements of, of where you're from mm. uh, are, are things are stories that are, are deeply embedded in it and those stories facilitate opportunities to share and discuss and understand how these elements are being experienced in other places. Uh, mm. you know, the diversity of the Commonwealth as the Baton travels through um, you know, Pacific Island nations, yeah. uh, as it travels through um, these hugely diverse countries with their own heritage, their own um, uh, indigenous history, their own cultures, yeah. uh, their own challenges. Uh, the the baton provides a lens uh, through which these uh, important stories can be shared from mm-hmm. other people's points of view, uh, and the legacy of that I think is really exciting. Uh, you know, school groups after the baton has been visited their village or their town or their school. Uh, what are the conversations that school teachers can have with their children um, after that about where where they might be from, what sure. are their identities, uh, how are they, how do they Think um, and how will they respond to issues of sustainability mm. uh, and pollution in our oceans? Um, how how would they respond to environmental um, issues that are challenging their culture or, or their their people in place? So I think the meaning of of the baton and those stories have a of a much longer, far-reaching uh, impact. Yeah. Um, I'm also really excited to see. Um, the serendipitous mm. moments that come through the journey of the yeah. baton and yeah we have as a design team we're having to let go of the baton and see how the public responds to it yeah, and yeah. there are going to be things that happen that nobody could have planned for nobody could have forethought that mm. yeah, there'll be a, there'll be magic that happens with this which yeah, is, I mean. is tremendously exciting which <laughs> is really, really cool, cool. <laughs> so so yeah that's how we go about measuring it, so things Thanks. that we're looking for Thanks for
0: sharing that. Now, the baton's just been one of the projects you've been involved in, mm-hmm. and I mean, you've you've been involved in the design industry for quite a while now. How do you see that design industry transforming over the years, and where do you see design, social
1: enterprise, social
0: innovation heading from now into the future?
1: Um, that's interesting. Um, I think we, we're seeing a shift away from what I spoke about earlier with yeah. regards to having a great idea and launching it yeah. and then trying to market it to, to get exposure. Yep. Uh, and it's now about uh, understanding the problems, the tension points, uh, the bottlenecks that people mm. have in their lives and coming up with innovative solutions to those. Um, what's happened within the industry is that designers have figured out a language to share that with Mm -hmm. Um, designers have been using this process for forever but they've actually got got a voice now through which they're able to talk about design thinking and human-centered design and express how that provides value Um, in terms of where i think it's going uh i I worked with, a, worked with a, a really great designer called Paul Bardini a few years ago. And we came up with a very simple idea based on a little ball maze. Like, it's mm. like one of those stocking filler toys you used to get as a child. Yeah. You used to roll the, the ball bearing through the maze. We came up with a, a giant one of those. And it's bigger than a, a dining table um, that you could angle around and shift around. We put this into public spaces. And what we observed was um, serendipitous interaction between people. You know, mm. There was unlikely coming together of people. Um, I remember some uh, some greasy rocker and, yeah. a, and a random grandma playing this game together and having a ball. Yeah. Um, I remember homeless people playing with children. Where, you know, these, these moments, um, we coined uh, random positive human collisions. Mm. It's just a way of kind of just jargon of saying yeah. you know, the Serendipitous moments of beauty. Um, and I think technology has a role in this. And I, I'm interested in, and I talk a lot about humanizing technology. Mm. And which means applying technology in a way that's meaningful to people. Uh, Where this is heading, I'm really interested to see what what comes out of things like Amazon Go uh, and the you know the retail experience that has no human interaction. Yeah. Uh, And how is technology going to influence uh, and um, and change? um, interactions with, with people and interactions mm. together. yeah, okay, This goes back to, it ties in beautifully with the, with the Queen's baton. Yep. You know, there's elements of technology in the baton. Mm-hmm. Um, but how we selected those was, wasn't based on filling it with features and, sure. and cool stuff. Yeah. It was actually providing technology in a meaningful way that was going to be able to, um, enhance the experience of it. So I'm interested in that. Um, in terms of people that are doing cool stuff at the moment, uh, in terms of social impact design uh, some of the Indigenous programs that are appearing on a local, national, international level level are fascinating, Mm. really interesting and someone that's doing it really well is uh, the Corroboree Exhibition at Dreamworld and the way that that conveys and shares and involves uh, and uh, excites people around Indigenous culture Mm. and provides it in a in, a, in not just an accessible way, but within levels of accessibility. Sure. That, uh, I think, is really exciting, what's happened, happened there. Um, in terms of businesses doing exciting stuff in, in that in the design thinking space, um, there's a local Brisbane entrepreneur. Uh, she's not an entrepreneur. She's just someone who's doing really good stuff called uh, Jordana, uh, Jordana Blackman. And she has launched um, an online community called Chicks Who Ride Bikes. Nice. And it's for, for women um, to share and to come together and mm. to interact and to um, support one another uh, riding bicycles. And it has grown this platform or this community of women who uh, are massively inclusive, um, mm. who are just doing great things um, with bicy- bicycle riding, whether it be first-time people trying to break into mm. um, riding a bicycle for the first time, through to um, full-on downhillers, road races at a, at a pro level. Yeah. It's a given of, provided a forum where they can come together and share and support and um, and build this great community. Mm. I think that's really smart. I think what Jordan Jordana's done there is really cool. Yeah. And I could see it being applied in other areas um, in terms of social enterprise. You yeah, know? I excellent. think that's really, really cool. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So are there any specific local issues or problems that you believe could be... Essentially improved with this process of design thinking. Have you come across anything recently that you're like, oh, I'd love to love to do something about this?
1: Um, uh, without wanting to put in the firing line, various industries and communities. Uh, <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love to sink my teeth into three areas. Um, I'd love to sink my teeth into the arts and culture environments mm. and tease apart some of the challenges that are facing the arts and culture community mm. uh, and industries. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to to do really great stuff in that space. Yeah. Uh, the architectural and town planning industry and environment, I think, has a huge opportunity to... To lean towards human-centered design, it's ironic mm. that you're designing and building uh, uh, spaces for humans, but then the way that that is facilitated, mm. um, even to to the nuts and bolts of approaching an architect and an architect approaching a prospective client interacting yeah um and the and proposals and communications through to the, to the mm. final final thing, you know, the opportunity for inclusivity there um, is is huge, and yeah. I'd, I'd love to. Um, to have a look at uh, to that space a bit closer. Yeah, yeah. And finally, the, the technology and te- technological impact. Um, yeah, I've talked about Amazon Go yeah. and that retail experience, um, mm. the human interactions, the serendipitous moments.
0: There are some big changes in that space. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I think those three areas, there's uh, really exciting opportunities in there excellent
0: Some very good insights so to finish off rowan are there any great design or social
1: impact books that you'd like to recommend to the listeners um one that really reson- resonated with me and i think you know where this is going tom um the a bit of my background is that tom and i have met through rock climbing and our outdoor um our outdoor lifestyles so, you know we enjoy the outdoors so climbing and mountain biking for me has always mm. been a, an opportunity to uh, problem solve under pressure, uh, and it has an element of risk to it, yeah, which yeah. essentially is what design thinking does. It facilitates problem solving under pressure and, and manages risk. Um, and so, um, Yvon Chouinard wrote a book called "Let My People Go Surfing," and Yvon Chouinard—it's an incredible book—is <laughs> Yvon Chenard is the um, is the man behind uh, Patagonia, the outdoor um, clothing brand, and his approach to "Let My People Go Surfing." Um, is human-centered it's about understanding people it's about having strong principles and values with a sustainable and environmental um, uh, lean towards making making decisions mm-hmm. uh, and the way that he shares that is exciting it's fun and it's, mm-hmm. it's meaningful and yeah, I talk about it with a smile on my face because it, but yeah. that resonates with me I think um, yeah it's a, it's a nice approach to, to business it's a nice approach to design and it's a nice approach to life.
0: Excellent. Ron, you've shared some fascinating insights, and I really, really appreciate your time. So, thanks very much for for your time and for those insights. And um, and we look forward to perhaps touching base with you in the future. You're welcome, and um, and yeah, feel free to contact me and, and love to have a chat. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org.